Reclaiming Identity, sharing stories of struggle, pride, and redemption in reconnecting with our heritage. Hi, I'm Drora. And I'm Dahlia. And we're bringing you Reclaiming Identity as part of the ASF Institute of Jewish Experience. Do you feel a part of the Jewish story? Is your family what pops up when people think of Jews? At Reclaiming Identity, we celebrate and explore the greater Jewish experience. We encourage you to tell your story and take pride in your heritage as it is a part of your identity. Listen to other people's stories, ask questions, be curious, and reclaim your identity. I met Yael Jarafi at the Crossroad of Civilizations Museum in Dubai and knew there was more to the story. She is the Chief Operating Officer at the Crossroad of Civilization Museum and gives guided tours to diplomats, school groups, and many others from around the world. She began her career as a senior training officer in the IDF, then moved into the tourism industry and ended up living in different countries, although now finds herself very much a part of this Arab country. She's a Jew of Yemenite and Tunisian heritage and shared part of her story with us here. Hi, my name is Yael Grafi. Uh, some will say Jirafi. I'm half Yemen my, from my father's side, and from my mother's side, I'm Tunisian. I was a tour guide abroad for a few years. I was an uh, officer in the army, and now uh, I live in Dubai, UAE. I actually moved here uh, since COVID started, and I couldn't travel um, to do my work as a tour guide. I came here. And I started to work in a private museum, belonged to a local Amirati person. And we started to work together because I really felt connected to the, to the museum. It's a historical museum that promotes peace and tolerance. We have artifacts related to uh, the three monotheist religious. We have uh, things from Yemen, like uh, jewelry, uh, special like swords and other things. And the first time I came to the museum, I also saw a picture from the synagogue of my grandma from Jerba, from Tunis. And I felt like, you know, I'm walking inside, uh, I felt home. So I start to work with him and we opened the first uh, gallery for the Holocaust exhibition for the first, uh, the first time in the Arab world to have a memorial for the Holocaust. And now we have a lot of uh, projects together related to uh, heritage, to uh, Jewish, things in general, things like Jewish communities around the world, Jewish community here. And I really enjoy uh, working here. I really enjoy the fact that I also doing something that I love. It's also linked to my, uh, my roots. I, I said that is the closer I get to Yemen because my roots are from Yemen, but I, I, could, I never been there. Even my father never been there, but I really felt home since I came here and to see the local people. I even remember the first time I saw local dance when I saw them dancing and it's really remind me the rhythm and the music uh, from my Yemen side and I feel home. Okay, uh, so uh, I grew up in a small town, a uh, religious place. I mean, it's a religious school, but um, when I grew up, I didn't have my, the side of my uh, mother's side, for example. They live in other place. Like we were the far from them, like my Tunisian side. So I don't remember much to growing up and know many things about my Tunisian side. And from the other side, my Yemen side, I also felt like, I, I mean, I have uh, the family brothers of my, my father live together with us, but I don't remember myself. I think because my grandpa passed away, my Yemen grandpa passed away when I was little. And after, um, when I was, let's say around 
14, 15 years old, also my, my uh, Yemen grandma. So I think that in some point, I, I didn't have someone to ask. And my father, you know, is a second generation, but I didn't, he, he didn't marry, you know, a Yemen wife. So I think that if both of my parents would be Yemen, I would feel more, you know, part of the Yemen culture. But because he was Yemen, she was Tunisian, I always felt like I'm half, half, but I'm not really here and I'm not really there. And none of them, for example, my mother, she's cooking, you know, Tunisian food. Maybe sometimes she makes something for my father, but she didn't, she never mentioned, for example, the name of, of how, how I call this food. And on the other side, when I, when I eat, you know, my Tunisian food, I know, yeah, this is couscous, this is this, but they barely use the, you know, the traditional names that people use to describe their own food. Uh, only when I grow up and I met, you know, like uh, my brother married a Tunisian uh, bride, like um, my sister-in-law, she's Tunisian from both sides. So I remember the moment we met her family and we cooked for them, you know, my mother cooked for them. And then they asked me something about the food and they told me, can you pass, you know, in the table? Uh, and then they mentioned a name that I'm looking at him, them and I'm like, what? <laughs> and then they told me, which kind of Tunisian are you? You don't even know the name for the Tunisian, you know, side dish. I'm like, mom, you never told me this. And I'm like, I'm blaming my mother. Why I don't know what is this? I mean, I only call it, you know, cutted vegetables. I didn't know that's the name. <laughs> and that's how I felt. And in the other side, when I, I went to a place that is, you know, uh, this kind of cities that full with Yemeni, I'm, I'm, I used to, I go there and then they give me some Yemen food. That, that is like, you really need to know the name. Sometimes they even have few names, depends where you're from. I never knew it. And then my, my, my friend that she is Yemeni from both sides, Again, telling me the name and looking at me, which kind of Yemen are you? That you don't know the food, your own food. So I think that I grew up like this. So I think in some point I was just trying to be Israeli and always like trying to defend. Yeah, but I'm just half, I'm just half. I'm not sure, I'm not sure. So that's how I grew up. Uh, lately, I'm starting to try to get back to the roots because I feel that I'm, I'm first of all, I, met, I meet a lot of Yemen, so I feel like I have this kind of uh, responsibility to show them that I know. And I, I mean, I don't want to be like, I don't want them to look at me and ask me, I mean, to tell them that I'm Yemen, but I don't know nothing about Yemen. So I'm starting to read books. I'm, I'm, I'm starting to try to get more information. I'm trying to talk and ask people. I also, uh, two years ago, just before COVID, I was supposed to go to Tunisia for the first time. So first time I actually, I went to my grandma and asked her a lot of questions. And I also opened, you know, the old books that we had, like that we had in the all the time in the library, but I, I never looked at them. And I start to ask a lot of uh, a lot of question people that I know, that I know they've been there or they grow up there. So I feel like I'm 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 getting back to the roots, something that I might should have been doing a long time ago. But uh, I'm really happy it's happened right now because <laughs> I really I'm proud of my roots, and I think also coming back to Dubai. Uh, and live in, uh, in the Muslim world and Arab country, as I meet here a lot of people coming from Tunisia and Yemen. Just last week, in fr I mean, last Friday, I met a tour guide, came to the museum, she's Tunisian, and immediately we click. You know, I have this kind of, oh, my Tunisian sister, and like immediately we, we connect, you know, and this is the first thing that make us, you know, connect to each other. Being here with so many nationalities, so everyone wants to be proud of his roots. You know, there are, in Dubai, there are two, more than 200 nationalities. And everyone wants to feel, you know, that it's belong to some community or some place. And especially because it's linked to the museum, that this is what we are doing here. We're trying to show things from many civilizations, many cultures, so everyone can find something that's related to him. So I think that even, even daily, I'm, I'm talking about 
about it. I'm showing things related to my, my roots. So it's every day, like my curiosity is growing and every day I'm learning something new from other people or from myself. Uh, so I'm, I'm really happy that I'm, I'm, in, the, I'm this, in this place right now and even having this conversation with you right now. So you talk a lot about food. I'm wondering if when you were growing up, was it just the food that connected you to your roots or were there customs at home that connected you to your Yemenite and Tunisian roots? So that's, that's a good question. First of all, yeah, you see, I talk only about food because food is a dominant, but not just food. Okay, for example, music. My father uh, grew up on Yemeni music. So, for example, weddings and events. We used to go for events, like for wedding, and there was the traditional music. So I can tell you, I'm a bit uh, embarrassed, but I never learned how to dance Yamani dance until nowadays. Why? I don't know. I think that, and some of my brothers did, my father's dancing, but I think that because all the events was actually mixed, and sometimes, you know, I think that I was ashamed, you know, that I don't know. And I mean, I wanted to learn, but at some point I got older and then I was like, you know, I don't know. So maybe, I mean, it's, I was shy to ask to teach me when I, I you know, I, I got older. And at some point I just say, you know, I don't know how to dance. And once in a while I, I, I give this confession to next to Yemeni people. And they are like, even I see not Yemeni people dancing and they are, and, and I'm supposed to know and I don't know. Uh, and I remember myself never listening to this kind of music because I never felt that I like this kind of music, but I, the last few few years, suddenly I'm starting to enjoy listening to this kind of music. Um, we hosted the like the, the most famous uh, singer, Tion uh, Golan, that is like the Yemeni singer, and he was here, and I was so proud like to to, to get to know him and to tell him. But I can tell you that I, I barely used to listen to his song, but right now. I can play songs. I can go to a place here and like listen with people, you know, to his song. He was recording his uh, in the museum the new song, and I and I felt, you know, like um, that. I I really. I mean, even hearing something that remind me the Yemeni music is exciting, you know, it's, it's coming, you know, it's entering like my heart. So I can hear sometimes just rhythm and it's remind me, you know, like the, it's remind me even music that I, I, I didn't listen for years, you know, it's like, because that's what music do for us. And then it's immediately touching my heart when I hear this kind of music. As I say about the dancing part, when I saw here people dancing and it was reminding me the Yemeni music that I remember as a kid. And then I start to, you know, I look at this and I start to feel like, wait, wait, you know, it's remind me I have like these memories from childhood. And also I had this uh, happening in uh, Sinai in Egypt. I remember I saw, I saw an old lady and she had, you know, the Hina and she had this kind of dress and jewelry that remind me of my, my uh, Yamani grandma that used to have the silver jewelry. And I just look at her and I, I thought I'm seeing my grandma again, you know, and I start to, and I, I, I can tell you even talking about fashion. I all the time attracted to this kind of dresses and the colors and like colorful dresses, you know, like ethnic, like boho chic that always, I, I realized it at some point that it's remind me of my grandma, my Yemen side. And like, uh, I can buy something that, I used to buy things, not understanding it. But then my sister after a while, you know, it's remind me something that a grandma used to have. Or, uh, you know, and I also like vintage things. So I think it's, it's part of it to find this kind of thing that remind me 
you remind me the Yemen side, you know, they have this, uh, ah, but, and by the way, talking about clothes, uh, I bought things here in Dubai that they are, came from Yemen. And, you know, it's like the traditional dress, the traditional, uh, you know, the pants that you put underneath. But do you know the name for it, for example? So I didn't know also. I mean, but that's what I mean. If I was really Yemeni, I'm supposed to know the name for it. Because when I brought it home, my father was telling me, ah, this is a Tarjul. I don't know. And I look at him and I'm like, I don't know. And he's, you know, and you know what? He even expect me, even my father that never teach me this word, expect, expect me to know. So he's looking at me like and saying, you know, like this kind of the words. And I'm looking at him. How can you tell me something? But you never teach me, you know, but and you expect me to do it. You, you, you do this like, obviously, you know, like as a but that's that's the gaps I'm talking about that. I think maybe he assume, you know, yeah, she grew up here. She will know everything, but they never really work on it to really teach me. And also from my mother's side, that's what I felt from her, that she expect me. Oh, th- this is Kirfa. When I ask her, mom, what is this in the table? And she tell me, ah, oh, it's Kirfa. I'm like looking at her. She's Kirfa. And I'm like, you know, I'm laughing, you know, like this. And then today I know here that Kirfa in Arabic, because it's a cinnamon. <laughs> but back then I was like, what is Kirfa? You know, so with the years, it's happened a lot that I learned how much I don't know, you know, and how much, I mean, I have gaps. And I think that it, sometimes because there was so many gaps, I left it, you know, I say, you know, I will never really be, you know, I'm not this and I'm not this. And I, I let it go. But now so, something changed inside of me and I'm saying the opposite. Because I don't know, I really want to learn more. You know, I really want to learn. I want to learn Arabic. I'm, I'm all the time pe- talking with people here about the language and I love languages. I, I study Japanese. I study Japanese, but I didn't study the language that, that my ancestors speak, you know. And, I, I, and I'm, then I'm here and people looking at me and like, you don't speak Arabic, but, uh, ah, you are Yemeni, been till Yemen, oh, Shwai Arabic. I'm like, no. <laughs> and I feel, you know, like I need to apologize for it because I, I really want to speak the, this language that they, they used to speak it and now I don't speak it, but I'm going to learn Spanish and other languages, but not the language that I, I have inside my roots and, you know, my blood. They call me, you know, they look at my eyes. I cannot, you see my, uh, my look. I cannot really claim I'm Scandinavian, I'm, you know, other, other places. They're looking at me and they tell me, Ayu you know, like the, the Arab eyes, like you have the Enea Yalla, they say the eyes of the deer, like the Arab style. And when I wear local, I can wear, you know, sometimes the trendy abaya, like the local clothes. They look at me and tell me, oh, mashallah, you look one of us, you know? And, and by the way, I think that part of it Part of the process of the peace agreement, you know, and Abraham Accords and being here, I want to show them I'm like you, you know, like in Israel, you know how it was because growing up in Israel and to be linked to, okay, I'm Arab Jew and, you know, situation and the conflict. So I think all of us wants to be a bit Ashkenazi, you know, we want to be part of the society, but suddenly I'm here and I'm actually the opposite. I'm very proud. I don't want them to look at me as European Ashkenazi. I'm no, I'm like you, you know, I live here, I live close to you, I grew up, you know, my, my ancestors grew up there, we were like so close, you know, some of the local Emirati, they came from Yemen also as tribe, you know, the tribe movement, and I'm like, they looking at me and like, you are my sister, you know, you're my cousin, you're my, so I think that this make me even more wants to be part of it, wants to know more, want to teach them more. I, I have a gallery that I have the Yemen jewelry, and every time, even when we are passing, me and the founder of the museum is like, Okay, now Yael will talk. This is hers. You know, this is like, like uh, <laughs> this is hers. So, and I'm, I'm very proud taking over and like, I'm talking about my roots very proudly. And I also see 
I see them looking at my excitement. I don't know if you see it now, but I'm, when I talk about it, my eyes, you know, is like have the light of, uh, yes, this is, this is where I came from. I'm Yemeni, you know, I'm like Yemeni. And I think that is first time in my life. I mean, not first time, but let's say that is like, I don't, I don't think I was ever more close to, to this kind of pride of my identity, even being half and half, because then I can connect to more people. So I'm hearing that a lot of your connection to your roots is associated or connected with your living in Dubai, where you're meeting people from Tunisia and from Yemen. Um, I'm wondering if this is a process that started before you moved to Dubai, or if this was something that came with your move to this new country. So I grew up, uh, actually, we, I didn't have many Ashkenazi uh, in my school. Actually, they, the majority were Moroccan. And like to be Moroccan was like, you know, like pride because everyone is Moroccan. And when you are not Moroccan, so you feel like, you know, you want to be Moroccan because everyone is Moroccan as a kid. Uh, I was half Tunisian. So the Yemen side was behind, like they didn't like, let's say the jokes wasn't me, you know, like they can call me Jachnun sometimes or like this kind of, uh, you know, like you are Yemeni or Yemeni, you know, all the stereotype. But in the other hand, the Tunisian side, I was like, you know, it's close to Algerian, close to Moroccan. So and I had another two. We were only three Tunisian in the, in the class. But I can tell you that we were really proud because three of us was actually been chosen, um, you know, this kind of programs that are taking the kids that have the higher results in uh, grades. Anyway, we, we, we've been chosen, we've been chosen like, as like we, we used to, to have the highest grades all the time, me and another two. So one of them was always saying, you see, like the Tunisian are the most smart, like the Tunisian. So we were like the club of like the three Tunisian that always get the, the best grades. Uh, and still, I can tell you, even until nowadays, is like, you know, my Facebook friends. So every time there is something, so it's like, oh, the pride of the Tunisian, the pride of the Tunisian is a joke because how we grow up. But beside that, we have, a, you know, like a, we have some Indian, we have a community from Kuchin. By the way, that here uh, I met, you know, like people also from Kuchin. But uh, I remember that I was not really, I didn't really want to emphasize that I'm Yemen as growing up. What happened later, after, you know, I, I grew up and I went to the army. So as an officer, I also remember that I didn't want to be proud of being Yemen. You know, I don't, I don't like to say it, but I remember myself, even I think that getting away from the music, even Mizrahi music, for example, I mean, I don't remember myself hearing this kind of music and I cannot, I cannot even, I don't think even that I did it in, by purpose. I just grew up like this. I can tell you that in my family, they call me uh, like the Ashkenazi, the Ashkenazi one. Like, cause my, my taste in music is different. My taste in, uh, I can say even like, you know, guys I used to date, <laughs> uh, other things like without even choosing this, I always, I was kind of attractive to the, you know, different. I was always knowing that you know, they asking me, would you date a, a Yemen guy? And I was always saying, you know, I don't know, but eventually I never dated a Yemen guy. Not that I have something against this is my roots, but I never thought about it. I always, I always thinking that, you know, I have friends from every culture, every, you know, uh, every uh, regions, but eventually all my friend was kind of Ashkenazi, even like the girls, the boys. So I realized that I'm, this is like the people I hang with. So I cannot really be with someone, you know, different because this is, this is my personality, kind of, you know, it's the music, the places I go. I can tell you, my, my young brother and me, everyone that meets both of us, he looked like me a bit, you know, in a boy, but we are completely different personalities regarding to everything, how we dress, what the music you hear, where is going, our vocabulary, our, 
you know, I want to interview, he don't speak English, for example. You know, it's like he didn't try to, he stayed in Israel, he traveled to different countries. He will never like the, the things that I like to do as obvious, he will never like it. And we grow up in the same house. We have the same <laughs> roots. So I know that something in the way, you know, in, in my direction, instead of like taking me like, you know, like that, like I don't know to explain it, but I know that I was always aware and I was always kind of um, trying to be, you know, unique and myself, but I think that I was trying to adjust to the society also in Israel. Uh, if I realized that there is a lot of jokes, you know, about Yemeni, so I didn't want to emphasize I'm Yemeni. If I realized that maybe, I don't know, my uh, Tunisian side is like, uh, you know, you, the more you grow up, the more you understand about the country and how, how it works. And I was trying, you know, like um, to adjust myself to my, my route, you know, my, uh, my route, like my path. And in the army, and because I was long time in the army, I think that this is what more shaped me and, and the friends I used to hang. And after the army, I went for a long traveling. And while I was traveling and I started to meet many, many kind of people. And then I also lived abroad. So I think that you're going outside of the box of the Israeli box and you see a lot of things from outside. You know, it's like after you live in other place and then you come back, you have different perspective. So I think that, for example, even now in Israel, you can ask me, for example, I'm, I'm writing a lot of things about the, my Yemen heritage lately in my Facebook. Before, I don't think I even wrote it on Yemeni. I'm in a group of Yemenis. In the, I'm joining every time to circles. I'm, I want to hear lectures. My father make, uh, they make Heritage Day in the Yemeni Museum in Israel, uh, in Rehovot, and they make a gathering for all, all my tribe, you know, for the giraffe. And, you know, if you ask me a few years ago, I would tell my father, me, what should I do there, you know? But then I went, and since then, you know, like I was, first of all, I was like the, the star of everyone. Like I was so proud to understand the connection. And I go here and I go there and I'm asking my father and my father is proud of me. And I was so happy, you know, and I can tell you even like a few weeks ago, they make a Shabbat together. And I, I was hosting here. One of the ladies, the Dr. Rachel Yadid, she is the head of Alebet Amar, the organization for the, the Yemeni. So she went to the kind of a conference for my, my family. It was a big gathering. She was there in Israel. I was here. But she was talking because the giraffe, she was talking about me. Like, you know, like I met her in the museum and she was talking to everyone about me. And I felt, first of all, you know, I'm, I'm proud of them. Before a few years, I didn't even feel part of my Yemeni roots. And now, not just I'm part of it, I'm even, I'm even a part of them that, you know, they are hearing about me. They want to come to visit me. And like, I feel like I'm, I'm even um, very proud to be part of them. And they're proud that I'm part of them. So I think that that's for me was really like a closure. Also like being here, but represent them here. That was really amazing for me. Wow, that's actually really cool. I mean, it sounds like you're not only connecting further to your roots, to your ancient roots, but also to your family, um, which is something really inspiring. And I, I know that it sounds like a process, and it probably is a process for the most part, but I'm wondering if there was a point in time that you could maybe mark and say, this is when you decided to reclaim your identity. It's a good question because, you know, you, I don't think that we are passing this. I don't think there is like one moment that you can really say, okay, this is the moment, you know? After a while, you can look at it as memories, but I can tell you that uh, coming to Dubai... 
It's like, first time I saw Yemeni people for real, you know, outside of Israel, not a Yemeni Jew. I think that is the first time I meet Yemeni people. So there is something in this, you know, there is something that suddenly is like, yeah, I'm Yemeni, but I'm not talking with Israeli Yemeni, you know, that just, oh yeah, which family are you? Even by the way, before this Zoom, <laughs> before this conversation, I had a guy coming here and we find out we are relatives. Is Yemeni immediately, you know, you know, Yemeni and Yemeni, when they talk, immediately they're looking for which family are you? What's your connection? So yes, I had it in Israel, you know, even though sometimes they tell me you don't look Yemeni, you look Persian, you look this, or they don't think I'm Yemeni sometimes, even though I look, maybe my, my behavior, I don't know, something and I don't know, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but, and I don't speak like, you know, we don't have the Chet Ve'ain that we used to have. And by the way, speaking about Chet Ve'ain, coming here and learn, trying to learn Arabic, I don't, I cannot even do it. <laughs> So I always say, you know, like, it's funny because they used to laugh about Chet Ve'ain of Yemeni, but now I'm practicing, I'm really trying hard, but it's not coming out, <laughs> not easily at least, so I'm, I'm laughing at it. And I also, I think that even in, in my country, by the way, I was dating, uh, I was, I had a boyfriend that lived in Rosh Ha'ain. Rosh Ha'ain is, you know, is one of the biggest, uh, this Erikus, like the, like the number one city for Yemeni. If people usually, if you look at you, Yemeni, are you from Rosh Ha'ain? So I was dating someone completely not Yemeni, Ashkenazi, but from Rosh Ha'ain. So I remember even telling people I'm dating someone from Rosh Ha'ain. They told me, ah, like, oh, Yemeni. I'm like, no, actually, no. So that was also funny. But I think I always believed that if I did live in Rosh Ha'ain, I would probably be different character. You know, growing up in a place that you're probably more proud because I have, by the way, family there, but from my Tunisian side. I have like my, my, my aunt, she's married someone and the, her kids grow up there and they speak and they are very, very Yemeni compared to us that we grow up, you know, I'm, my father is Yemen and even my father, he never have a he never, uh, he's going to pray with, uh, he knows some Yiddish, he's going to Romanian synagogue sometime, he's <laughs> completely, I, I don't, beside the food that, you know, he likes some food, the traditional food, I don't think that is a, uh, and I think that uh, we like people in general, like we have this kind of happiness, you know, the Yemeni happiness of meeting people and love people. So, but beside that, I don't think that uh, I could tell my father is like a very Yemeni, even you ask me about the tradition things we're doing. I never know. I just know sometimes in holidays, you know, there are things that Sfaradi, there are things Ashkenazi and we say, ah, we can eat because we are Yemeni. That's, I grew up like this with no explanation. I just know, ah, we are Yemeni. I don't think that I know other uh, tradition. I don't think that I never had something that uh, belonged to my grandma, you know, beside photos. I never had like clothes or jewelry. I just have memory of her. I don't, I don't remember nothing. Like she never really teach me because I was, I told you, maybe if I was, uh, if she was alive, and I was in, you know, this age that you are really, you know, can ask her and like understand more that you want to know. So I would know more. I would know more. And I, I would maybe even be different. But I think that's what shaped me that I grew up only with the memory of them. And, you know, inside the society that you want to fit in. And you want to be part of the society. I can definitely understand that being in a different point in time and wanting to understand and explore. And so what I'm wondering is, now that you're at this point in your life and doing these explorations, is there something you'd tell your younger self? I want to say yes, because I wish I'd know more. I wish I would ask my grandma everything I can, you know, like all this old people that they are not longer with us. I wish I could ask. I wish I could be more proud even when I was a kid, you know. I wish I know what I know today. That's what we always say. But on the other hand, 
I don't think so because who I am right now is because, you know, that's, that's the way that, that's the way it was supposed to be. Because maybe, you know, I mean, I would not be myself right now. I would be someone else. And I, probably I would not be here. <laughs> so I'm saying that I think that this, this should have been like that, you know. It's just I really, really wish that I would have more time with my uh, Yemeni grandma to ask her because my Tunisian grandma, uh, she is still alive. And I'm trying now to do with her what I didn't do with my Yemeni grandma. Like I'm trying to, I mean, my dream is to write, you know, book of her memories and I'm asking her a lot. And she also enjoyed to give me, you know, this, uh, the, the information and to the stories, all these, you know, kind of stories. But uh, with my Yemeni grandma, I don't have much memories and I don't know much. I don't know nothing about the, the life in Yemen and I don't know nothing. I'm learning from, you know, from other people, from academic. I'm learning from reading books. I'm learning from reading articles but I'm not learning from my own family. Yeah, so you're definitely not the only one who's mentioned wanting to ask your grandparents as many questions as possible when you have the opportunity. I, I would want to go backtrack a bit to your Tunisian grandmother and ask, is she open to telling you these stories? I will tell you what, uh, it's hard to understand her sometimes. You know, like, like I'm, I'm really trying, so I understand, I'm not understanding 100%. But yeah, she loved to, to she loved to tell us. She loved to answer, and I was trying to do interview with her before going to Tunisia. And I might go this year to Tunisia. I, I was trying to take her with me, like to, to bring her. But uh, yes, yes, it's really like she loved to tell, and uh, you know, not least this kind of people that she will not share if I will not ask. That's true. But I'm asking, and I'm asking, and I'm, I'm leading her for what I want to hear. And, uh, you know, she grew up there and she have the memories from there. So I'm, 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 I am trying to lead her to tell me more. And also I'm trying to ask other people, not just my grandma, not just Tunisian. Also, by the way, when I meet Yemeni people here, I'm trying to ask them to describe for me the places there. Or they show me videos and they talking to me and like, and I'm asking them like the question that I, I never knew, you know, even what to ask. And now I'm asking because I'm reading more and I have more questions also. I'm reading, you know, uh, books that I used to have these books forever in my library, but I, I never knew about, I mean, I never thought to open this because it was, you know, just a old Yemeni book of my father. And now I'm opening this. And now I even brought with me books here. You know, like to Dubai because it's. I'm interesting about knowing more about it. Just a moment. You invited your grandmother to go back to Tunisia. Would she want to go back? You don't want to go back. She said, "This is this is the past. Now I'm here." No, she's not like these people that have this kind of. Uh, since she left, she don't want to go back. No, she she have probably good memory too. But uh, you know, the going going from the. She said that. Uh, she have nothing left there. That's what she's saying. Uh, I can understand. One final question I have for you is, if there's something you'd like future generations to know about heritage, what would it be? So that's, I don't, I don't even know how to define heritage, but I just know that it can be everything. As you asked me, because I was talking about food, it can be art, it can be music, it can be everything. So I'm just saying that to try to embrace everything, just to develop everything that we have inside of us, and part of, you know, part of who, what makes us who we are, to be proud of it, you know, and just to embrace it and to talk about it, you know, and even live things, you know, like I can tell you that uh, I wish I would purchase or collect things, you know, before, because for me to pass it to the other generation, and I'm, yeah, I'm talking also as a museum person, but I see here um, local documents that 
the grandparents of you know the founder of the museum you have all these grandparents documents and it's passing from one to another and I have nothing you know and right now you know I'm yeah I'm a, I'm a bit of a collector myself because I, I want to have things I think also to hold things because I use I didn't have you know I, I barely had photos when I was a kid so now I've taken a lot of photos so I think that I want to pass things not just uh, it's not have to be just yeah artifacts or photos or manuscript it's also but just to pass the knowledge you know because I know that I didn't get it from my uh, my grandparents so I want to have something that in order like even to write their memories and to pass it on to you know to our uh, to the second generation and the second generation will, will move it on and I think also it's changed you know because I think it's very hard to make a like The, the children of today to, to be you know curious about it so it's not like you know we used to read books and now they don't read books now we have the social media and you know all the, the internet and I mean we have everything but it's still it's more hard to get them connect to it you know so I'm saying that it's really really important to to try to talk about it to give them the good experience of it uh, through everything if, if for me the memory was food so true food if someone else like music so true music so everyone can find you know what he connect to and to pass it on to the, the other generation in order to keep it alive you know like uh, like with the fire inside that's a really great message for future generations thank you and is there anything else you'd like to add I can tell you <laughs> maybe it will be interesting so my last name is actually interesting because my last name is I say Grafi. Grafi is come from Jaraf in Yemen and most of the people, Yemeni people will say Jarafi. Why? Because we don't have Ga, where they came from is Ja. You know, the Yemeni, they say Ja, Borepria Jofen. So I'm supposed to be Yael Jarafi. But I grew up in a place with no Yemeni around me, as I said. And since I know myself, I was Grafi. Okay, Grafi. But that's how my father was saying his name. My name is David Grafi, and this is how I grew up. And I never changed it. That's how I grew up. And then suddenly, after a few years, I remember also sometimes, because it used to have the gimel with the, you know, this, the, and sometimes they put it longer with the aleph between. So I remember it was really annoying for me. And I all the time need to correct them. Some people used to call me Grafi because they know me. Some people used to tell me when, I, when they don't know me, especially in the army, they used to call me Jerafi. Jarafi, Jarufi, and I was like, no, and I, I didn't like it. So I went to change it, to correct it, let's say, in the, you know, in the uh, Ministry of um, Interior. So I went to change it, but when I went to change it, I realized that it's, it's, it, they usually charge for change, but it was not changed. They told me, oh, it's correct, because someone from your family already, already did it. One of my sister-in-laws, she got married and they wrote Graffi because she hated this kind of mistake. So we were, I was Graffi. Some of my family stayed Giraffi, and especially the one that in the army, in the police, they were really like, oh, Giraffi. And I always stay Graffi. So I think that part of me being Graffi, imagine, I don't even feel, you know, even this is a symbolic, they are Giraffi from my family. I'm Graffi and we grow, we're growing up together. We are the same family. Most of the jokes in the, you know, in the Shabbat dinner was like, Oh, you are Grafi, you are not Jarafi. And, uh, and uh, that was part of it. Now here in Dubai, I made the, you know, the business card. So I wrote in, Yemen, in Arabic, Jarafi. 
<laughs> so <laughs> it's really funny. But uh, yes, I was always telling people, they told me, oh, you are uh, becoming Ashkenazi because your last name, no, you are Giraffe. There is no such thing, Graffi. But I told them, but this is me. This is how I grew up. You know, my father was saying Graffi. I'm Graffi. I don't think that I change it. But probably if I was Giraffe from the beginning, I would just say I'm Giraffe. But I'm saying this is a symbolic even about the name. But for me, it was I have a lot of meaning to, to, to be Graffi because this is how I grew up and not Giraffe. Yeah, there are sometimes things like this that are part of our identity and seem minor to other people, but really help shape who we are, who we feel we are, and how other people see us. I'd like to thank you for sharing that story and for all the stories that you told us today and for telling us about your experience. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Reclaiming Identity is produced and edited by Moshe Singer and executive produced by Dalia Arusi and Drora Arusi. Our theme music is by Vanessa Paloma. Be sure to check her out on Spotify. Be a part of the reclamation. Subscribe to the Reclaiming Identity podcast on our website, instituteofjewishexperience.org, on our Facebook page, Spotify, or Apple Music. Follow our programs on our website and the Institute of Jewish Experience channel on YouTube. And please help support these and other ASF Institute of Jewish Experience efforts by donating today.